All right, can we just talk about Taylor's story the other day? Yes. So it was, what's her name? Song. But I don't, I forgot the artist's name. Girl in Red. (laughs) I'm terrible. Okay. Yes. But the story, it says, drop everything now in purple writing. And what else did it say? I'm like pulling it up now. But that's like it. So like that to me is like the most important part. Also, she posted it on April 30th when everyone was like, oh, Woodvale's coming. Oh, she's making an announcement about 1989. Oh, she's making some sort of announcement. And like, yeah, that's like she knew that, she that we would freak out about something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I almost feel like she was probably trolling us all because I'm sure she was like all over social media. Like you oh, all are ridiculous. But I don't know. Oh, yeah, like Speak Now is her third album. So that would explain all of the three emojis that her and Aaron kept using. True. I don't know. I Were you guys, like, disappointed or were you expecting nothing? Like, I was totally expecting nothing. I was not expecting anything. No, I, I thought, was, I mean, there was a little part of me that was like, okay, maybe, maybe people are right. And maybe there is something, but a very, very small part, like a, like, negative percentage. Like, it was. If anything, I thought she was going to announce something about 1989 or her next re-recording, whatever it was. I didn't think there was a third album. I never thought there was a third album, especially because she already said there isn't a third album. But I was yeah, I think, think that she may have, you know, announced maybe the next re-recording. But then again, like, if you think about it, Fearless only came out three weeks ago, so. True. Yeah, I was thinking that it was possible she'd be really, like, announcing when the next re-recording is coming and that it was going to be 1989. But, and I mean, I think she was, I think that... I don't want to say that she wasn't trying to give us hints about something with the three emojis everywhere because it's Taylor and she always does like the number of emojis mean something, but she could have seen us freaking out and been Mm -hmm. like, let's really troll them. Yeah. And that's why she only posted that story. And I bet you there are way more Easter eggs than than we know of that are in that story. I 100% agree. I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of the fan base was, like, disappointed because they really hyped themselves up over this. And I, like, I get it. She, I think, to a degree, she was partially trolling us. But, like, Taylor's just worked so hard. And I just feel like she's And I'm so afraid that, like, she's going to get burned out like she did with the 1989 era. And I know it's a little different because we have quarantine and the pandemic, so she's at home more. But, like... Still, she's pumped out two OG albums and re-released one. And I, I mean, we know she's been recording 1989 because she's at least done Wildest Dreams. So I highly doubt she just recorded randomly Wildest Dreams and not another album. And so it's just like, I, like I'm okay. I want her to be sane. I want her to be healthy. And just, you know, like, yeah, just not feel pressured and rushed. Also, like, just be able to live in the fearless, you know, tailored version era just a yeah. little bit longer before we have to hop on another one, you know? Also, like, it just means so well, much. So, did you guys see, did y'all see what the All Knower said the other day? That I did. Is the best day music video is going to be her final push for fearless I tailored version before moving yeah. on to the next one. Yes. Which, so by the way, thinking, y'all, me cry like, hysterically. Also, he said something, the all-knower he, like, I know they're, 
gender. But the all-knower also said the Woodvale theory is whack. Once again, Swifties are looking in the wrong direction. So, you And know, then everybody thought that that was confirming style featuring Harry Styles. <laughs> what I would give. What I would it's give. Just, she's not going to do that, y'all. She's not going to put new features. Maybe it's a remix. I don't know. But the original song, like, she's not going to put a new feature on it. When that everyone was freaking was out about the Grammys conversation between the two of them, and people were like, I know what they're talking about. And they would, like... <laughs> pretend to do like both of them talking and they're talking about well you know you should can really you be on a 1989 re-recording <laughs> like can you can you believe our fans actually think we can committed vehicular manslaughter <laughs> oh yeah that was a good one too like oh. i know i'm like 95 percent confident that that's a joke there's a part of me who sees people taking it way too far and I'm concerned that yes. they think that it's actually real. And then anytime I voice those like concerns, Gen Z comes and like attacks me because I'm just an elderly millennial who is <laughs> ancient and old and whatever. And so they come and attack me, like not in a mean way, like in a joking way. They're like, no, 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 this is real. And let me prove it. Here's my PowerPoint. And I'm like... <laughs> This is why I don't know if you really think that or not. That's how it was for me, too. Like, I thought, I was like, oh, funny, haha, joke. And then it just started showing up everywhere. And it became, like, a trend on TikTok. And it seemed to be, like, really serious. And then, like, I would see in the comments, like, if it was, like, a video about it, like, people with their different points on X, Y, and Z with their evidence. And I'm like, okay, so at at what point did this turn from, like, a joke to serious? Like, how, like, what percentage of you guys truly believe this? Because I I don't know anymore. Like, is the sarcasm, like, above my, like, mentality? (laughs) But also, like, given the other theories that we've seen from Swifties, it wouldn't surprise me if they actually believed that this was legitimate. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are some wild theories. If there's one thing we as a fandom can do, it is grasp at some straws. (laughs) And it was proven on April 30th. It was. Yes. I was really, I was actually really worried that that TikTok we posted was going to age poorly. And now I feel, I feel really good about it. Like, it I aged pretty well. It too. I'm glad we posted that. <laughs> also, I figured it was going to be nothing, but, like, she really made us all look like clouds. Yeah. I was, I was pretty amused. I was almost glad that it was nothing, because then I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, should we get started? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We were going to, you know, jump right in. Back into it. Are you ready for it? Welcome to Ready For It, a Taylor Swift podcast. I'm Chandler. I'm Rebecca. I'm Bailey. And I'm Lizzie. So be fearless. Speak now. Put on your favorite shade of red. While shaking it off in a getaway car. Because sometimes you need to calm down. And wrap yourself up in your favorite cardigan. To find some happiness. And listen as we talk about the iconic poet herself, Miss Swift. Rebecca, take us away. Okay, so we're going to be talking about Should Have Said No, which is the ninth song off of Taylor's debut album, and then, dare I say, one of her most famous, which is kind of, like, off that album anyways, which is kind of hard to, like, it's funny because she has a lot of really good, famous, like, well-known songs off her debut album, which not a lot of artists can say. 
You know, it's like we've got Tim McGraw, Teardrops on My Guitar, Picture to Burn, Our Song. Those are all really common. So, yeah, iconic songs. It is very. This is why I won't stand for any debut slander because this is basically a flawless album and people just don't like it because they don't like country. Right. And it's a lot of times, oh, I'm going to get canceled for saying this. It's a lot of times, you know, maybe the Swifties that have been around maybe for the 1989 era and upwards, and they haven't been there since her beginning with her on this journey. Because for those like OG fans, this song is really nostalgic just to see when you're experiencing this alongside with her, like, and to see her growth and her progress. Mm-hmm. It's a little different, and I think that's also why Fearless was, like, so, like, held near and dear to some OG Swifties hearts because, you know, they were there when it first came out. Yeah, and, like, we don't want to gatekeep at all. Like, if you were a fan from 1989 because you didn't like country music but you do like pop music, like, that's totally valid, so, like... We want everybody to be Swifties, but... But I do want to say, if you are a newer fan, like, give it... Give Taylor's older albums a chance, too. Like, if you were a fan of 1989 or Reputation, like, try to, like, look at her older stuff, and you'll be surprised. There'll be some songs, even the country ones, that you'll be like, huh, this is actually pretty good. Like, they'll be... You'll be surprised. So, yeah, the new album is not about album. It's really not. Yeah. Yes. No, it's a good album, and mm-hmm. she does have a lot of strong lyrics on that. A lot of like vulnerable, emotionally eviscerating lyrics that, and we don't get that. We got that a lot, and then once she hit more of her pop, it, it we didn't get as much of those kinds of songs because that's not part of really the pop. I want to say machine, but you know, the style of music and pop is bit is different, yep. right? You don't focus as much on lyricism. And so it's been really nice to get ever more in folklore again and to get, you know, have her like, just kind of like deep dive into lyrics. See, I have to disagree your heart out with your stop. opinion, Rebecca, because I think that even when she was still doing pop, like she was still focusing on the lyrics and they're still really deep. They're just, I mean, like obviously like 1989 doesn't have an all too well on it, but like clean and like all you had to do was stay like those are some. Or even you are in love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I that mean, there's still some pop, really good but... lyrics in her pop music. Like I think I still think her, her the lyrics in her pop music is still like light years above other pop. All the other pop. Well, yeah, but I agree with that. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that at all. Like, I think, I'm not trying to hate on her pop music at all. Um, I'm definitely more of an acoustic-oriented person, like, personally. But, yeah, her pop music is still, like, incredibly good, and she does really well with her lyrics on, you know, she's, she's at where she's at because of her lyricism. That's where Taylor shines. You know, there are different, like, Ariana, she shines because of her her octave range. I think I can't remember if she has a three or four octave range, and that's her like her big big talent that sets her apart. Taylor's is her lyricism, and not many people can say that. She is one hundred percent a songwriter, and you can mm-hmm. tell she's a beautiful writer. Yeah, yes. absolutely. With that, I'll go into some background on "Should Have Said No." So, um, this was her. Her fifth and final single released off of this album. And a little background about it. Oh my god, my notes are so messed up. Give me a second, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) So the lyrics are basically about 
a pain caused by a cheating partner. So it has a breakup song theme, but it's a little different than like Picture to Burn because it's kind of like, it's almost exactly what she actually said to this person too. Like, it's like, it's not her thinking back about it. It's more of like rash action. Like she is, she is telling this partner, you should have said no, point blank. It was released. So according to Song Facts, it says that it was released May 18th, 2008. But I think that was when it popped off, right? It was recorded in 2006. I think that's when she released it as a single. Yes. And I think the most iconic part, like researching the background on this, is that I think about the Jonas Brothers 3D concert when they performed this. When I think of the song... I always, always, always think of this, ver- like, the the version with the Jonas Brothers, because when it came out, like, obviously on their, like, 3D concert movie or whatever, I bought the CD for that, and I would listen to only this version over and over and over again, and honestly, it's just a little ironic that that's the song that he chose to sing with her. <laughs> Not uh. saying cheated on her but um there's some there's some question about a uh, a timeline yeah yeah i love the irony yes and i also think of the was it the acm or the american country music awards or what's a music award that you she know, performed I this with the rain falling down yeah i do not know which i should have looked that up that was honestly one of the first live performances uh, that i saw of Taylor was this song and she was like such you know a baby doing it and she starts off with a hood and like jeans and she's playing acoustic guitar I think and then like right before it hits the chorus or maybe the first verse I don't remember so she sings the first verse in the hoodie and the jeans and then before the chorus they rip that off and she's got a little black dress on underneath and like her and hair she's is all like done. just like up i'm like i'm acting like people are she like throws her guitar and that was the acm uh awards i just looked it up it was in 2008 yeah, so right I probably around that. when it became a sing- single yes and then the best part other obviously the rain like <laughs> she really went above and beyond this is one of the first performances she ever did where she really goes above and beyond like what your expectations are for her performances. But the best part is when she is in like the rain and the last chorus and, you know, it starts raining on her. She changes the key of the chorus. And I love that. And there is no recording. Like she has, she released on beautiful eyes EP, the should have said no alternate version which was the studio version of this performance, but she didn't change the key in the last chorus. And I was so mad about that. Every time I listen to it, I expect that. And it's just not there. I remember my grandma like TiVoed or recorded this before, like, so I couldn't watch it. And I like was obsessed. Like I watched it over and over again. Like it was so freaking good. It it honestly was, it's also solidified my fandom, I guess, into Taylor. Like I just was like, this girl, she was so into it. You can tell, like, she was really into singing it. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm performing my song. Like, here, here I am. No. Her emotion was there. And also for Fearless, the Fearless tour, 
this is she every time she performs should have said no the rain comes down and it says no I remember when I went, I was like, oh, freaking out. Like I took pictures of it, even though it was like poor quality pictures because it was pre iPhone, but you know, or pre smartphone rather, but this was like iconic. I think she's really an amazing performer. And I think this is one of those songs that really captures her ability to like captivate the audience with her performances. Her theatrics. Yeah. She has such, like, she's so theatrical. And, like, honestly, like, prior to Taylor, like, I never really saw a performer like that into it. You know what I mean? Like, they normally would just have a microphone, people playing in the background, a band, and they would, you know, which is still great. Don't get me wrong. Like, that is still just as beautiful. But I love theatrics. I love to see artists, like, paint you a picture with their song. So even when Taylor was country, like, her debut album this performance which like we said the first one she goes above and beyond for all the theatrics it borrows i guess from like pop like major pop stars like britney spears dancing with the snake and tigers on stage and like madonna coming out of a cake and like stuff like that like she was borrowing from all the popular like not necessarily the doing the same thing but borrowing the theatrics from pop yes i didn't even think about that but that is a really good point because they did do it like in their shows too wow also a little bit background about like the the guy that she was with so she dated this guy in high school and he cheated on her and i mean I know his, I wrote down his name. It's Sam. Yes, yes. And we'll get into that when we get to the hidden message. Yeah, we'll get into it. Okay. There actually were surprisingly a very few quotes from her talking about this song that I could find. Um, One was when she was talking to GAC TV, which is Great American Country or something like that. But she said she was comparing it this song to Picture to Burn. And she said, Picture to Burn has an angry and I'm done with him attitude. While Should Have Said No is more of a moral statement. It's an I love you. We were awesome and great together. But you messed this up and I would still be with you kind of thing. You said yes and you should have said no. And then she also said, and this is from, I'm pretty sure this is from the Taylor Swift wiki. She said, I wrote this song by myself and it literally took me just 20 minutes to write before we recorded it. I was living every line of this song at the time. I wrote this song about a guy who cheated on me who shouldn't have. And something else that I read that it wasn't a quote, but in my research, uh, she said that some of the lyrics from this song are taken directly from word for word from what she said to him in a conversation. And that's all I got for quotes. So like we said before, the song did really well. It debuted at number 84 on the Billboard Hot 100. It became the second number one single on the Billboard Hot Country chart. It peaked at number 33 on Billboard Hot 100, and it was certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. And I couldn't find how many copies it had recently sold, but as of 2017, it had sold 1.5 million copies. And then it did also win a few awards, um, the BMI awards for award-winning song back in 2009. I did actually find something else, and I was actually going to ask you you guys your opinion on it, and I'll tell you mine. It said, 
it did receive a thumbs down review and the argument was it was too loud. I personally, I disagree. And y'all know I'm going to tell you when I don't like song because y'all know how I feel about the outside. (laughs) So (laughs) what are your thoughts on that? So I saw that same, I'm glad that you brought this up because I saw that too. He not only said that it was a thumbs down because it was so, it was too loud, but it was too loud because he did not think that her voice was strong enough to convey the emotions that she was trying to convey. And I just have to disagree. I mean, we all know that Taylor's voice has, she's, she spent a lot of time working on her voice. Like she was never a bad singer. She had a couple of bad live performances early in her career, but like, I mean, I would probably, if I could sing at all, I would probably fuck it up if I was nervous. But, you know, I think that her voice really suits this song. And maybe it's just because I've always known this as her song. Like, but I have no issues with it. I think that the song is just the right amount of loud because it's the kind of song that you like scream in the car and like. It could be louder, yeah. just even louder. <laughs> yes, yeah. it could be louder. We might yeah. want that like, on Taylor's version. But, you know, been through like, some shit, you know what I mean? Like, it could be louder. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I, like, when you're I going think... through finding out that somebody cheated on you and you're, like, listening to this song, blasting it and, like, sobbing and screaming this song because you're angry but you're also sad, like... I'm losing my voice because I'm yelling so loud. Yeah. It's a a loud song for a reason. It's supposed to be that way, sir. Yeah. I just, I think what he's saying, it's a lot of words for misogyny. Because, like, on one hand, he says it's too loud. But then on the other hand, he's like, she doesn't have a strong enough voice to convey these emotions. Which is it? (laughs) First of all, you're criticizing a girl who wrote this when she was 16 years old and her voice was not fully developed. Second of all, she wrote this song for her. So it's not like, you know, this was proposed to her. Like a lot of times that happens in country music and in the music industry in general. Underground songwriters will write a song. They take it to a recording label and they say, hey, I think this artist's voice would match really well with this song. And they pitch it. This was not a pitched song at all. She wrote this herself. So I... I disagree. Yeah, like, I also too loud because you actually, because you're feeling called out? Or, exactly. Like, yeah, why was it too loud? Like, who did you cheat on? Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I want to bring up before I forget, I actually saw that this was a song very similar to Forever and Always in that it was added last minute to the album. She wrote it two days before her debut album was supposed to be mastered and she and Nathan Chapman got it produced overnight. Like, so it's one of the most popular songs from this album. It has sold 1.5 million copies as of that was within 11 years. And it's still one of the songs that she like plays at every concert. Like she did this song at reputation tour it was, like, mixed with, it was mashed up with Bad Blood. But, like, she still sings this song and because it's still one of her most popular songs. And it was a last-minute addition, and I just love that. It's iconic. I think, I really think Should Have Said No is an iconic song. 
Yes, it's definitely, it's like I'm gonna, two. I'm going to say it here, though. I'm not going to get my hopes up for the re-recording like I did for Forever and Always Taylor's version. <laughs> I need to, like, tone it down a little bit and just realize that her voice has indeed changed. And there's going, she also doesn't have that same kind of emotion, probably, that she had when she first wrote this song and performed it as many times as she did when she was first starting out. I think the vocals are going to slay on this. Do we still say I, that? I don't think we say that anymore. But she's going to kill the vocals for sure. Yes. You just aged yourself, you elderly millennial. (laughs) (laughs) I think they all know that we're millennials because we literally never stop talking about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, if we were Gen Z, we wouldn't refer to Gen Z as Gen Z. (laughs) What do they refer to themselves as? I don't know. Let's just jump into the lyrics here. First verse is, Strange to think the songs we used to sing The smiles, the flowers, everything is gone. Yesterday I found out about you, even now just looking at you, feels wrong. You say that you'd take it all back, given one chance. It was a moment of weakness, and you said yes. The line where she says, even now just looking at you feels wrong. That I I love that line. I I love how the I love the subtle way she says, get out. Like just just leave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this really reminds me of the fact that in a lot of her, like in folklore and in Evermore, she's she's talking a lot about relationships where there's some kind of cheating going on and kind of painting it not necessarily in a sympathetic light, but kind of just showing that like there's always like another side to the story. But this is like bringing it back to like she used to. I mean, for good reason. She used to be very like, no, like, if you cheat on me, like, I'm disgusted by you and you need to get out because, like, it's over. Like, we're done. And even now, just looking at you feels wrong is such a good, like, it's such a good line in general because it's so, it's how I would feel. Like, that's that's exactly how I would feel. And the line feels right. (laughs) Like, it feels like the right thing to say in that moment. And I think it really captures what it's like to just be so completely disgusted with someone's actions. Well, it's also the way she sings it, too. Like, her inflection. The way she delivers this line. Well, the whole, like, first, the whole song. But the first verse as well. Like, you know, the emotion that she conveys behind it is, is also, I think, too. Like, and that's also something Taylor's really good at. Not only, like, you know, you can have songs that have, like, amazing lyrics, but, like, the inflection behind it isn't there. Not Taylor. She always has incredible inflection. And, like, sometimes she takes her purpose, purposeful, like, silences and pauses in certain spots. And just, yeah. Yeah. She really says, this whole verse, she just says, fuck you, without actually saying, fuck you. I was just saying, like, even now, just looking at you, that song, just looking at you, that line, she, like, delivers it. You can, like, hear the disgust in her voice if you, like, go back and listen to, like, the original. I'm going to be very disappointed if she doesn't say you the way that she does in this song, and especially in that line, because it just, it's so, it's like you said, you can hear, like, the disgust in her voice, and I love it. agree it's like just raw emotion the first verse is full of just 
raw emotion and the initial, almost like the initial reaction she had when she first found out that this guy was cheating on her. And it, I just love it. Yeah, I definitely internalized this song as a, as a, you know, young teenager, because I like, I don't, I'm just like the kind of person who's like, don't go back. Like you don't like you get, I have given people chances, but like, once it gets to this point, like, no, like, you know, like you can, I was in an on and off again relationship for a couple of years in high school And then when we broke up, I found out through the grapevine that he had been cheating on me. And so I never even got to have like the com like the confrontation about it. But at that point, like, yes, I was still sad. It's, it's exactly like the, the quote that I said, where she was like, you know, you messed up like kind of thing. Like we had broken up for different reasons, but it was hard because you were with somebody for so long. But at the same time, I was like, I know I'm not going back because I know that he cheated on me and he's a shitbag, basically. So I really like, I really like internalized this song because I have always been the kind of person who's like, if you cheat on me, we're done. Like, there's no going back. I I just want to point out on my lyrics, I don't know if you guys, or if it's the actual, like, how it's supposed to be written, but for the line, even now, just looking at you feels wrong, it says, even now, just looking for you, and then it's a colon, feels wrong. No, in the lyric booklet, it's ellipses. Huh. Yeah, she's got it, so in between the smiles, the flowers, everything, dot, 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 is gone, and then in the next line, even now, just looking at you, dot, 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 feels wrong, and then it was a moment of weakness, and you said yes, dot, 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 and then, like, she's got ellipses in this entire song, like, almost every line has ellipses in it. Huh. Mm. Well, either way, I mean, like, it's, yeah, it gives the song a different meaning, I it think. It does, or just the line itself, too, <laughs> and well, the entire song, but back what you were saying about, like, cheating and like I like definitely feel like my ex-boyfriend from college like 100% was cheating on me like but because I mean he had an active tinder that I found out about so like he's gotta be cheating on me like (laughs) he was active on tinder I mean whatever even if he didn't find anybody to cheat with that's cheating exactly so yes this song 100% like yeah, don't just, get me started. It, it also just, like, <laughs> Bailey, no, like, Bailey was there, like, the entire time all that stuff was happening. But, like, it just gets you, like, riled up. And it just, it also helps get your emotion out, too. So it's, like, Taylor does it, did it for herself. It's one of those songs that she was, like, maybe people would relate to it. Maybe they won't. Uh, 100% people relate to it. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's sad and it's angry at the same time. Like, yes. you can feel the sadness and you can feel the anger. And I, like, this is one of the songs that you can really, really feel the anger, like comparing it to forever and always. Yes. She's sad, obviously. And she's angry. You can tell she's angry, but I feel like considering how similar the themes are in both of these songs, this one does the angry a little bit better. I agree. This also Also, calls out the man, the man for it. You know, which is really nice to hear is a lot of times women, unfortunately, and we're trying to change that. I know Gen Z has been a lot better about it than millennials because of how millennials grew up in their toxic, that toxic early 2000s culture of going after the woman in this situation instead of the man. 
And I don't want to get too deep into that because I know that can be really controversial, but it's really nice and refreshing to see that like she's, this song is pointed directly at this guy and she's calling him out. And even like, and as, as we keep going through the lyrics too, but like you can clearly see where they have this actual conversation. And I know we said she wrote this song based on like their conversation, like maybe almost verbatim. You can see that, especially in the first verse, like that whole stanza, you know, you said that you take it all back given one chance. It was a moment of weakness and you said yes, like, yeah. woof. Another thing that I really love about this first verse is the very first line where she's like, it's strange to think the songs we used to sing, the smiles, the flowers, everything is gone. Because when you're going through a breakup, sometimes it can be so hard to, like, realize, like, this is not my normal anymore. Like, everything is different. We're never going to have our things again. Like, there's never going to be an us again. Like, everything is gone and sometimes that can be really hard to come to terms with even if the person has really really hurt you 100 percent yeah the normal the last line of this verse like it was a moment of weakness and you said yes i think that's such a cop out for cheating it's not it's not that hard y'all it's not that hard to not cheat also reminds me a lot of like before you cheat by carrie underwood like do you guys i mean they were out around the same time so like they were definitely like yeah you know, iconic you cheated songs or you're about to cheat for before i before you yeah cheated. but there's a little bit more internalized misogyny in before he cheats that's true that is true that's a whole other thing just a little bit a whole other just, podcast i mean it's still i mean it's still an iconic song like I loved a few years ago when the meme was going around where it's like Carrie Underwood. Right now, he's probably she's probably sipping on some fruity little drink because she can't shoot whiskey. At eight year old me, oh my god, how <laughs> embarrassing! <laughs> yes, that like went around Twitter, and I was like, oh, oh. dying. And now I'm like literally twenty seven years old, and I love the fruity drink. It's fair to compare right. that song to like um, Better Than Revenge too, but that's a whole other. We'll get there. We'll yeah, get we'll get there. We'll- Yep. Okay, going into the chorus, unless anybody has anything else to say about the verse. I was just going to say in the first verse, the first two lines, like, real, real quickly. It's, she, like, the way she opens up the song, where she's, like, looking back on the relationship almost, when, you know, she's just saying, like, when she's talking about the normalcy, it's okay to feel, like, that sadness, too. Like, in this case, she's taking that position, that moral position, as she basically said in that in that quote of okay I'm not going back but that's okay to go through that emotion of I miss this you know like this is sad for me like I'm angry but I'm sad too anyways okay you should have said no you should have gone home you should have thought twice before you let it all go you should have known that word about what you did with her get back to me get back to me and I should have been there in the back of your mind I shouldn't be asking myself why You shouldn't be begging for forgiveness at my feet. You should have said no, baby, and you might still have me. Iconic. Yeah. Especially the last line, you should have said no, baby, and you might still have me. That's like a, that's like a real fuck you. Like, that's like two middle fingers in the air to me. I, I love how, like, from the beginning, she's been grooming us on 
what not to accept from men. And this is a perfect yes! example of that. This, I was going to just say that, Bailey, like the self-worth. Like, no, we're not. It's like that one TikTok of that guy who's like, we're not accepting the opinions of men. Like, he thinks you should do this. Dump his ass. Like, yes, this is exactly what that is. She's not taking his shit. She's not accepting his excuses. I actually, <laughs> I have written in my notes, like, she's not accepting his apologies. But looking back, I actually don't feel like he's even apologized. I don't feel I like mean, he's even apologized for being a piece of shit. He's begging for forgiveness at her feet, so he is apologizing, but she's recognizing her self-worth and knowing, like, no, you should have said, like, it's just, maybe this is controversial, but I don't think it's that hard to not cheat on somebody you're in a relationship with, like. It's not. I, it's I, not I just, I don't think. Just say no. Yeah. Just walk like, away. Literally, I don't just understand. walk away. And that's like, on Taylor being a boss-ass bitch and so at age 16 or whatever, how old she was when she first wrote this song. She was just like, no. Because let me tell you, I knew a lot of 16-year-olds that definitely went back. And a lot of 26-year-olds, 27-year-olds that definitely go back. So mm-hmm. it takes a strong woman to be like, hold your ground. Yeah, She's a I strong agree. person to hold their ground and be like, hey, I'm not going back to that person who hurt me in that way shout out to andrea for like helping to raise such a strong and self-disciplined girl that has so much self-worth even at that age to just be like absolutely not um there are certain there are certain red let's call them red flags for lack of a better term but there are certain things in a relationship that you just kind of are like oh like it's fine you just kind of like sweep it under the rug but this is one of those things that should never be accepted tolerated whatever other word like that should never be a thing so like in my relationships I would never I don't think I would ever tolerate cheating from like a partner or anything like and like my husband feels the same way like we have very that's one of the things that we like really connected on right away was like we did not like cheaters and we knew that like that wasn't gonna be an issue that we were going to have with each other. But I also like, there are some times where it's like, I'm not in another person's relationship and I wouldn't go back. Like that's what I would do. But I, I mean, I don't think you should go back, but I'm not in the relationship. I don't know. Maybe he really is. Sorry. Like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't believe that, but it's like, I feel like I also can't criticize somebody, especially if it's somebody you've been married to and you've got a family and like kids together and like you've built a life like they're 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 not that i think that anybody should have to compromise their happiness like you like like if it's between you getting a divorce and like staying together because you think it's going to make the kids happy like you if you're not happy your kids aren't going to be happy but they pick up on that yeah like, you should do what's right for you, and that's what's going to be right, like, for your children, too. But, like, I'm saying, like, there are a lot of things that go into it, and I don't personally feel like I would judge anybody else's decision if they did oh, yeah. decide to stay. No, no, no. Like, this is, we sh- that's important to say, like. That, <laughs> that was a really long, rambling way for me to get this that point across. No but, no, but I agree. Like, it, it really depends on the situation, and it's, you know, it, you know, like, you do what you have to do. For yourself, but like me personally, you know, yeah. like we've all said, like 
I wouldn't judge any of you if that's something you decided to do. But me personally, I wouldn't choose that for myself. And, like, if I'm your friend, I'm going to advise you to get the fuck out. (laughs) Like, I'm going to advise you to leave. And I have done that. I have a friend who, like, laughs at me all the time because I'm the kind of person who's like, oh, he hurt your feelings? Dump him. Get rid of him. Like, I had a, she literally, I've told her she's had a couple of relationships where she's been like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, leave him. And then they break up and then they get back together. And I'm like, no, 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 don't take him back. And she does it anyway. And then they get stuck in the cycle and like, it just ends up (laughs) not great. And then she comes back and she's like, Chandler, you were totally right. And I'm like, I know I don't say things just to say them. Like, but like I, you can tell like in friendships sometimes, like I could tell, like you're going to be happier without this person. Yeah. It's definitely, this is something like kind of near and dear to my heart in a way, like kind of hard for me to discuss, but um, not saying that I've ever like cheated, but other for other reasons. But I just want to say this. Taylor was 16. Chad, Brad, Sam, whatever the hell his name is. Not <laughs> worth it. If you were 16 and this guy's routine is like a serial cheater. If you are a freshman in college and frat boy, Brad or Chad, is cheating on you and getting on Tinder and creating multiple profiles, not worth it. No, I promise you, he doesn't even know how to give you a good orgasm, honey. It's not the same thing. (laughs) I was going to say, it's just like that, what you were talking about, like the TikToks of the... Better than revenge. Yeah, better than revenge, like trend that's been going on of them showing like they're cheating a significant other or whatever. And it's like, they ain't shit. Like, I mean, you might have really loved and cared about them, and I don't really know your story, but judging by what you're showing us, they ain't shit. Like, (laughs) No, really, yeah. And I literally saw one of those TikToks where girls, like, they literally fought, like, fist fight, physical fight over a guy. And it's like, why? I can tell you right now, a dude is never worth that. No, it's not. Absolutely not. Especially if he's cheating on you. If he cheated with you not worth it not like I can't I it just it's embarrassing it is embarrassing and I will call you out and I love you but like don't do that and you know a lot of times when you're 16 when you're a freshman in college first of all you don't really know who you are because you're trying to figure it out that's a huge growing age and developmental age point whether you go to college or not you don't have something in that relationship that has the depth that's the same as people who have been married for a decade, right? A lot of times those kind of relationships are a little bit more surface. And in those cases, dump his ass, gone, like you're done. Like, don't take him back. It is a matter of self-worth, I think, to a degree. But it is also different too. And like Chandler was saying earlier, you know, we've, she's, Taylor has started to explore the other sides of affairs and cheating in her, you know, folklore and evermore albums, which is, which have been really nice. You know, things happen sometimes in marriage, you know, a lot of times when you have like really in depth relationships like that, humans make mistakes. You say things you don't mean to say and you hurt people feelings you know that's not an excuse to be toxic at all or manipulative if those are your issues go to therapy but (laughs) it's just like sorry go ahead 
Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, things happen, tragedies happen, and sometimes people turn the wrong way. And then they do have those moments of weakness, and it's like, and they realize what a horrible mistake they have made, and that's not who they are as a person. There's a difference between Tristan Thompson's of the world and somebody who has, like, gone through trauma and tragedy and just got really mixed up and made a really stupid mistake in... And you can see the difference. Sorry. One thing that I always think about is when Hillary Clinton was running for president in 2016, a lot of people were saying, and like I'm in South Carolina, so they wouldn't have voted for her anyway, but a lot of people were saying, I would never vote for her because she took Bill Clinton back after he cheated on her. And like, that's got nothing to do with her 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 job. Yes. But also, like, you're not in their relationship. And in the, like, documentary that she did with Hulu, she talks about, like, why she didn't leave him and whether or not you believe she's genuine, whether or not you think that, like, she... Because there are a lot of people who think, you know, they're just a political marriage. They only stayed together to keep whatever semblance of power that they have. But, I mean, she said we had a family and a life together and we genuinely loved each other and that's why I stayed with him and so it's a little bit different like you said when it's a high school relationship or even a college relationship it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt but like leave him it's not worth it like you know if it's just the surface type of thing yes and you deserve everybody deserves somebody who's going to treat them right, and who's not even going to think about cheating on them. Yeah, ever. I was going like, to say, it's, it's not even just about treating them right. It's also about putting them first and putting yeah. them, and not, like, having them as second best. Like you And just, every single like, person on this yeah. planet, no matter who you are, deserves that. Yes. Everybody deserves that. I agree. Exactly. And, like, it's just, it's an environmental thing in general. Like, mm-hmm. when you're married, your environment is different environment environment is everything and kids change things having assets changes things as stupid as that sounds it's not black and white the way that this guy from high school you know that kind of relationship is where you can just like walk away you know there are some women who are in relationships a guy cheats on her and she is like a stay-at-home mom and she's not working or she doesn't have a degree or you know, assets aren't in her name. Where do you expect her to go? Like, it's just, it's super easy to be like, get a divorce. And it's like, okay, and then what? What is she going to do? Is she going to be able to afford living on her own and having the, like, make, like custody of the children? Like, things like that. Yeah. So it's not black and white anymore. Once you have kids and once you have, like, you've created this world together, that's a completely different story. No, I agree. I and this is kind of what I was saying before. Like, human beings aren't right. Like, mm. We're not put in, but like we we are so complex, and there's a lot. And our relationships are complex. Like, especially when you're married and have kids, it's even more complex. There's a lot more things you have to think about. It isn't just like as surface as you were saying. Like, yeah, college breakups, high school breakups, they happen. And you move on from them. And not to say that people don't, like, you know, stick with their college significant other and stick with their high school people. People do. but And good for them. But most of the time, like, 
you know, it's, it's probably not going to work out and that's okay. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, we are, but yeah. like, that's why there's I a lot of sides like, to I every can't... story. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I say I can't like, I can't judge somebody if they do want to stay, especially if they've got all those other factors to consider. But like I said, again, like we're just talking about for us, we would be like dump his ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm in the dump his ass category if you're, you know, having a surface relationship and you're younger. But if you're married, it's I feel like, okay, let's take a second look at this. Mm -hmm. Like, because it's just it's different. It changes a lot. You have to have some sort of empathy for, you know, the situations other people are going through, too. You know, I actually would not have that kind of empathy. And my husband knows that and he wouldn't either. We're on the same page of that. But like I said, like, I cannot say that if, God right. forbid, Jesse got it in his mind that he would cheat on you, Rebecca, that I would tell you to leave him because you have almost two children with the man. Right. And, like, I mean, I'd still probably murder him so that you could take his life insurance. But, you know. Well, no body, no crime, baby. Yeah, I but would like, no body, yeah. no crime him. But <laughs> for sure. I, no, it's the same thing. Like, I've, I've straight up told Jesse before. I just was like, you know, if you cheat on me, I'm not going to divorce you. I'll kill you. And he's just like, huh? And I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm dead serious. I'll take that life insurance policy, yeah. baby. You will find me in a Caribbean country or Europe. For legal purposes, this is all a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you need to, to clarify that. But I want to say something else too before we move on. If you are, you know, any of our listeners, you're stuck in a, some kind of situation where you need to get out, start taking money out on the side, right? First of all, never get into a relationship with a guy who wants his name in everything assets wise. Um, and second of all, is yes, you need to be smart when whenever you're signing, know what you're doing. If, second of all, I don't sign leases and don't buy houses with people who are not committed to you. Um, third of all, if you need to get out, take cash out on the side. When, when you're going grocery shopping, this, every yes. time you go grocery shopping, take out the cash, buy it in yep. cash, put a little bit away. Yes. And open an account that does not have his name attached to it. And, you know, like that kind of thing and keep an account on the side. I think it's also, I mean, I haven't done this with my husband, but there are some women out here who I feel like can really benefit from the idea of just always having an account maybe that he doesn't know about. And sometimes that can like come in handy for like presents and holidays and things like that. So they don't see that money coming out. Negative. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, it's good to have that on the side. It's good for emergency things as well. I mean, I know like going into like Dan and I were talking about like, you know, because we're getting married. So like, getting an opening account together and everything but we still want to keep our separate accounts as well that way I can like buy him things and you know I also have like fun money for myself you know like so yes it's very important to keep your independence in a relationship in marriage because it's super easy to become codependent on those people like to the point where it's like you can't like exist or live without that person and that's exactly what manipulative people want and sometimes you can't see that before you get into committed relationships and you're and then you get caught and you're like how how do I get out yeah you know? it gets dangerous yeah. bouncing off of what Lizzie just said about having separate accounts Kelly and I have we just celebrated our third anniversary our third marriage anniversary mm-hmm. last week and 
we still have completely separate finances. The way that we purchased our house, it was only through my credit so that like, I mean, we're both on the deed, but it was through my credit that we got the house. And then like, that's going to be really helpful for when we are ready to upgrade because then he can, you know, use his credit to buy a house and it's not going to have that mortgage on there. Right. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So it's not all negative. And like, I can spend, not that he would ever tell me what to do with my money because I have a job and we, we pretty much bring like equal amounts of money to the table, but I can like spend my money on a bunch of Taylor Swift crap or a bunch of Disney crap, which I do all the time. And while he will be like, what the heck? more Taylor Swift merch. He's not really going to stop me because it's my money. And as long as I can pay for my bills, then we're good. Exactly. You know, and I think this is a really good conversation to have because financial abuse is a really real thing. Like a lot of times people Mm -hmm. only focus on physical abuse or, you know, triggering like sexual abuse. And then recently in recent years, emotional abuse, like emotional affairs, you know, Lizzie talking about that earlier with that guy downloading Tinder even if he didn't like physically like cheat he emotionally cheated right yeah that's a big but there's also financial abuse as well so that's like really like in denial about that stuff too like when I first like found out that that guy was active on tinder I was like kind of like oh he's I mean, he just has it. It doesn't, like, I made up excuses for him. Like, I, you know, and that's what you do because you want to believe that they won't do something like that. But because you love them, you care about them. But back then, like, I was, like, afraid to, like, confront someone. Like, I was, like, like, I I just didn't have that self-worth yet. I didn't, you know, truly believe that anyone could like me in the first place like he did, supposedly. And, Yeah. So, you know, it, it's growing. You learn, and sometimes, like, you are in situations where you need help, and, like, or you don't realize that they're doing something wrong in the first place because you're like, oh. This is normal. Yeah, I love and care about him. He loves and it's cares fine. about me. But, you know, just be careful. And I think having, like, the, what we were talking about is good, like, and it's important. And another thing is to always have something to fall back on. Yes. Like always, whether that's a degree, whether that's like a skill that you can monetize, you need to have that, you know, whatever. It's just a support system. Like even if it's just your friends or your family. Yes. Yes. You need friends and, well, anybody, even if it's like a coworker. A coworker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody out there, reach out. And, you know, like if anybody, any of our listeners, you know, email us. If you have any issues, like, we could help, too. <laughs> Absolutely. We all our, our best so abilities. Sorry. Okay. I just think that's really important to have, and I feel like maybe a lot of our listeners might be females, might be women. And, they you are. Know, Majority and like, of our audience are female, so. They, and they're all. Like we, look, we try to look at our stats and keep up with that and try to stay aware, you know? Over 60% of our listeners, too, are between the ages of 18 and 27. It's like 63% of our listeners that's the age range. So people who are in this kind of like time in their lives, but I don't know if you guys could just hear my dog in the backyard barking really loudly. I hope that's not on there, but um, anyway, moving on next verse. This is the verse that in the Jonas brothers (laughs) version, Joe sings. Um, He said, (laughs) 
Okay. I'm just sorry. You said that, and I just like pictured his like his hair from that time frame, like when he used to when they used to like flat iron their hair and spike it on like the sides, like from like 2008, like punk. And see, that's why I don't think that Mr. Perfectly Fine is about Joe Jonas because. Yeah, he that's never in a well-pressed suit. Or that would be embarrassing. Like, <laughs> like I go back through like red carpet photos of the Jonas Brothers from that time, was... and they're kids, so like it's fine. But like, I no, just so <laughs> imagine her writing that about like him. Like, if it if he truly were the subject, like, oh Joe, with your flat ironed hair that's spiked up the sides, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> it made my heart go pitter patter. <laughs> Anyway, oh, sorry. And, and I was also, like, picturing it in his, like, his inflection when he sings this. <laughs> you can see that I've been crying, and baby, you know all the right things to say, but do you honestly expect me to believe that we could ever be the same? You say that the past is the past. You need one chance. It was a moment of weakness, and you said yes. I think that this second verse is the ultimate mantra for we are no longer accepting apologies only changed behavior yes and then, like <laughs> honestly like you can see that i've been crying from joe jonas's perspective like from the male perspective when he sings that just makes me be like like yeah you're crying but are you just sad you got caught like i know that obviously in the original version of the song like you can see that she's been crying and she's saying He's saying all the right things to say to her. Right. But I will, I think it's very interesting when it's the duet version of this song and Joe is like, I've been crying. And it's like, you're just trying to like make her feel bad. It almost feels like gaslighting. So yeah, man's is desperate. Can you tell? Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's, it seems like emotion, like a, a little manipulative. Like yeah. some, and sometimes people do this when they get in desperate situations where they just, and they don't sometimes like really realize that's what they're doing when they're just trying everything. But it sounds exactly like that, like kind of manipulative and a little bit of gaslighting. Like he's trying to like basically sweet talkers kind of what it sounds like when she's saying, yeah. you know, all the right things to say. And then, yeah. like, it's saying that, oh, we can be the same. Like, we're, we haven't changed. We're still us. We're still Taylor and Sam, you know? Like, you know, I, can I just... absolutely see this, like, 2008 high school good old boy from Nashville, like, being like, we're talking about, like, we can definitely be the same. Like, I promise. Like, I'm going to change. Like, there's no, it was a one-time thing. It's never going to happen again, like, type of thing. Like, I can totally see With that. With weakness. You know me. Like, this isn't me. This was, it was just, like, it was one mistake. Why are you holding that against me? The past is the past. <laughs> we don't De- have default. any unresolved trauma. <laughs> but, like, oh, why is that every single guy's default? Like, you know me, baby. Like, this isn't, you know, like, you know me. Come on. Don't you remember when you, we went on that How date? How you don't believe in me? Remember the time I got you flowers? Bailey, they died. I don't know if I can, if, if I can say this or if Chandler should cut this out. But remember, like, when we came back from California, Bailey and I went to Spring Break, California in 2016. 16%. This is a little side anecdote, and I, it will be quick, I promise. And... <laughs> 
we got back and she went to go visit her boyfriend who was like staying there. He was in the Marines and he was staying there. And she got this weird message from a girl that was like, are you so-and-so's girlfriend? Because he was at a party a couple days ago and he did this with this other girl. And I remember Bailey coming to me and being like, what do you think? And I'm like, a little sus. Why but don't that you was ask like him? The second time that we had heard about that, remember? Like yeah. it had happened once before and then it happened again. And then we were like, hmm. Wait. And and then Bailey, And I was stupid him. and went back and almost married him. So but, <laughs> once but again, but you don't didn't. But you didn't. And that's and that's really what it comes down to. But like what I was gonna say was that like you asked him and what did he say? Like he immediately no. blamed his ex or whatever, me? or like blamed the girl like she was crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Immediately said that. And that's like what they say. They either beg for forgiveness, it was a moment of weakness, or I would never do that to you. How don't can you believe trust them? Girl like they're me? crazy. Like, the typical, like, like yeah. Default. I'm, I'm yeah. the typical men do not have range. Response. I swear to you. Uh-huh. They and all like, say the listen. same thing. Uh-huh. If they cheat on you once, they are going to cheat on you again. Like, uh-huh. I've just, and I know that sounds really bad, and it's, like, really, really depressing, and then it's bad to, like, generalize about people. This, I mean, this is not just dudes. This is just people in general. But I have seen time and time again, if they cheat on you once, they will cheat on you again. It's like the Kelly Pickler song. It's never a one-time song. thing. It's never a moment of weakness. It's the Kelly Pickler song. She says, once a cheater, always a cheater. I've got my pride and she's got you. It's true. Yeah. This verse has one of my favorite lines in the whole song. And obviously we'll get to that. But I just love the, the line. But do you honestly expect me to believe we could ever be the same? I love that line because Which, like. I, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like, like, literally, I can sit here and just imagine some dude. I mean, and we, like, this is what we've been talking about. I can just totally imagine some dude being like, I promise, like, things are going to be exactly how they were before. This isn't going to change us. Like, everything's going to be fine, blah, 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 whatever. But when something like that happens in a relationship, it's never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Like, you can try and pretend, you can try and go back. And, like, pretend that it never happened. But it's going to catch up with you eventually. Like, things will never be the same. I don't know why I automatically think of Grey's Anatomy. But I think about, like, Arizona and Callie. Those characters, like, they were together. And somebody cheated. And they tried to make it work. They went to counseling and, like, tried to make everything work. But in the end, it kept coming up. Like, it was one of those things that, like, they would... Oh. Sorry, spoilers. But like <laughs> what I'm saying, like it, like you were saying, like it's it's something that it's sometimes hard to get over, and then that's mm-hmm. more than likely a sign that you know you need to think about your relationship in depthly. Like you need to like really analyze it. And also, I really feel like if they cheated with you, they will cheat on you. Yeah, it's also like going back to the conversation that we were having before about like my ex, like. And then every time he was, like, with another girl, I was, like, in the back of my mind. Like, is she really just a friend, though? Like, you know, it's just, like, something you think about. Like, oh, this is, you know, this has been an issue before. Like, hmm. And, you know, it's like. And then they try to tell you it's your fault that yeah, you don't trust them. Yeah, you're a crazy one. 
You, it's literally, they're yeah. the ones who broke your trust, and it's up to them to make you trust that to gain your trust again. But I'm but, wrong for not trusting you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just going to say, yeah. like, I, I think, the, but do you honestly expect me to believe we could ever be the same? That line. Um, it's great because she staccatos it in the music when you listen to it. Um, and so, like, she really puts that emphasis on it. Yeah, um, especially, like, it's, like, but it's, like you said, she it's, like, it's very straight to the point, and you can hear her rage in it. But do you, honestly, like, you can feel her anger when she yes, says that. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. You can feel mm-hmm. how angry she is when she says that line. And that's that's another one of the reasons why it's my favorite line in the entire song. Yes, yeah, so she makes it just a huge point of it especially with the staccatoing in the music like and if you haven't heard it before listeners go back and listen so you can hear that part because it's really it's chef's kiss yep you know yeah all right do we want to move on yeah so the chorus repeats and then we get to the bridge i can't resist before you go tell me this was it worth it was she worth this and then she repeats no six times okay i I don't feel like this is one of her more complex bridges, but it's powerful. And yeah, she, it's... like, and after the last, after the last chorus, she doesn't really dwell on the last chorus at all because she goes right into it. There's no break in the music. There's not like an instrumental in between when the chorus ends and the bridge starts. She goes right into it, and she's straight up confronting him. Like, okay, you know, I've been talking. This whole time, I've been, you know, letting you know how I feel. But before I finally cut this off and before this is over, tell me, was it worth it? Because now you have nothing. Yeah. I mean, clearly, like, from the context you can take from this song, it kind of sounds like he either came to her and told her or one of his friends or her friends found out and told her and she confronted him. And Mm -hmm. when they had whatever confrontation this was... He didn't deny it. He just, like, begged for her forgiveness and promised it wouldn't happen again. And she was just like, no, but, like, you know what? She's like, literally get the fuck out of here. But before you go, I I just have to know. Like, you threw all of this away and for what? And she sees right past everything he's been saying. Everything the, oh, the past is the past or oh, this will never happen again, or it was a moment of weakness, or, you know, she sees right past that and just calls him out. Was it worth it? Because n- now and you don't even have that's what you always want to know in these kinds of situations, and, like, you don't always ask, like, but it's, it, it's exactly what she says. She's like, I can't resist. Tell me before you go. Like, tell me, was it worth it? And that's, you know, that's some of the when these kinds of things happen to you, sometimes you sit there and you're like, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. But this is more like, this you isn't did my this. Fault. You did this. You did this wrong. This is on you. But tell me now that you can't beg for my forgiveness and get me back like you thought you were going to be able to, was it worth it? Because you could have. And then I love that she answers her own question with the nose. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, the nose, this is the part in the live performance when... It starts saying, or it's like raining a, down no. It's like a rhetorical question. I don't yeah. actually want you to answer this. <laughs> but was yeah, it worth like, it? Yeah, she's like, I know that it wasn't worth it, so. Yeah. 
I mean, he's probably really kicking himself. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, she makes him take yeah. full responsibility for his actions in this song. This whole thing, she throws this whole thing on him and him only, which I really mm-hmm. love. And when she asks this, she's being like petty. Yeah, she's and saying, I, I mean, yeah. which she deserves to be petty, and that's mm-hmm. I find it to be awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, I will always petty, stand that. So. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm very petty, so. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's obvious that she, this girl, in, you know, and that what he did wasn't worth it to, like, destroy their relationship. Because it sounds like they had something way deeper than whatever he did with this chick, you know? Yeah. And I love that the only, like, the only time that the other girl is mentioned is just when she says, was she worth this? Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah. I mean, she's not placing the blame on this girl, but she's saying, like, obviously, he saw this girl. He thought that he could cheat on Taylor Swift and, I guess, get away with it. I don't know. And, I don't know, it's almost as if he was, like, to a point objectifying this other girl. He saw her as an object that he wanted, and Mm -hmm. he paid the price for it, quote-unquote. I don't know if I'm making any sense with that. No, that makes it's sense. just the way that it's it's worded. Like she's saying, "Was she worth this?" But it's not anything bad about her the girl. But it is making it clear, like you know, you cheated on me with another woman, and like now we're done. So, do we want to get into you know our favorite lyrics because the the end of the song is you know just the chorus repeated again. I don't want to beat a dead horse. But I really enjoy the first two lines of the whole song where she's just looking back on the normalcy of the relationship. Because that's really the only point of the song where you see her, like, lovingly, <laughs> like, longingly looking back at this relationship to a degree. Because the rest of it's spent in, like, rightful anger. And then I really liked, you know, the but do you honestly expect me to believe we could ever be the same? Because I just feel like that's very powerful and we've already talked about that. So I'm going to tell you my final one. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the chorus, actually. Um, and I should have been there in the back of your mind. I shouldn't be asking myself why. I really like that I shouldn't be asking myself why. Because yeah. she sees, she has so much self-worth. And we see the amount of self-worth she has in this song. But she's kind of, in a way, saying, like, how dare you? Even when I have this self-worth, like make me almost like have these seeds of self-doubt you know like I am a strong and I'm a confident person I like I I know my value I know my self-worth and here I am like I like I'm starting to doubt myself because you had the audacity to do this and so you can just see the strength and the measure she has as a woman in that song in that line I really like how empowering those lines are because, you know, we talked about it before and we mentioned it before that so many times we blame ourselves and we internalize it, but right. it's, if somebody else cheats on you, it's, it's not your fault. Like, yeah. But and then, like, that decision. Yeah. 100%. Like it's, it's kind of like what Rebecca was saying, like, but she's literally like saying like, I shouldn't have to even question myself because of exactly. your choices. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, we didn't really talk, we didn't really go over this line when we talked about the chorus, but it's a really good one because you shouldn't have to ask yourself 
why in these types of situations because 100% it is never the person who got cheated on's fault that somebody else made the choice to cheat on them. And so it just really encapsulates like the idea of how damaging this kind of behavior in a relationship can be. Like, again, it's like Rebecca said, she has so much self-worth. She knows that like she's going to leave him, but obviously she's been sitting there, you know, crying about the situation, asking herself like why this happened, why it had to happen. And just, basically mourning their relationship because she knows that it's over so well it's like what we said in the beginning you can you can grieve this and acknowledge the fact that like what you had was great and it's awful to lose that at the same time as being really angry and saying like you know how effing dare you like you destroyed this and it was great until you destroyed it and she says that something aligned very similar to that and I think in all too well but maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up it's kind of like the same thing here where it's you know what we had was awesome and we would still be together potentially and like if you hadn't done what you did so I was gonna gonna say like my favorite line actually goes right into that one is the last two lines of the chorus you should have been begging for forgiveness at my you shouldn't be begging for forgiveness at my feet you should have said no baby and you might still have me because it's like why are you doing all these things like like literally begging for forgiveness why are you making me question myself if you just didn't have that moment of weakness, if you didn't cheat on me, if you didn't do any of those things, maybe we would be fine. Maybe we would be happy. Also, and maybe, what? like, we would, this wouldn't be a thing. Like, like you know, there, I wouldn't be questioning our relationship. I wouldn't be, you know, whatever the case might be. And it's so true. Like, yeah. Why are uh, you doing this now and not before you cheated on me? Why, why is this? Why didn't you think about this before, essentially? If I'm so great and you... <laughs> Maybe next so time much, he'll think before he cheats. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my favorite line is the, but do you honestly expect me to believe that we will ever be the same? I just... it It's very direct. And she's really made it clear that she's not falling for the past is the past or it'll never happen again or it was a moment of weakness excuse we all make mistakes this is just my big one and you Mm -hmm. know like that kind of thing you're holding that against me or oh like you've never made a mistake (laughs) (laughs) yeah that one's my favorite line too for sure like we talked about it it's such a good line It, it it rings so true but also her delivery is just flawless and then my second favorite line is you say that you'd take it all back given one chance it was a moment of weakness and you said yes (sighs) your one chance was right before you decided to say yes and cheat like that was your one chance you can't go back Mm -hmm. the past is the past and like that brings in you know like the lyric change in the second verse but like your one chance was the moment right before you said yes and you should have said no it's really hard to choose a favorite lyric because they're all so good. And I just feel like this song is so empowering. Because, because I mean, you know, we, we talked about before, there are so many songs that have, n- not Taylor songs, but just songs about cheating in general that 
almost feel like they're internally misogynized and I don't I don't feel this way at all it's it's very direct and it's very no like we're not we're not doing this I agree with that the given one chance it was a moment of weakness and you said yes like this you know this this song flows together very well like it's all around very lyrically strong on all fronts Mm -hmm. it's just it's in like Bailey was saying it is very empowering it's really good to have this style of song this was this was such a good song, I think, for people who are our age and like a little younger and maybe a little older to have had in like 2006, 2007, 2008 when it was released as a single. Because when you are that young, and like obviously Carrie Underwood was doing this too, but it's nice to have a good like empowering song like this to teach young girls like about their own self-worth and you know not taking any kind of shit a man tries to throw at them and i mean i know that's what i took from this song like a man's life i owe him nothing yes well you know i really like that you know because like we joke a lot and we see this like a lot on tiktok with trends like and talking about like how the bars like low or on the ground or like buried when it comes to like women's expectations of men and I see that across the board on like a lot of fronts different fronts and like I've been seeing a lot of like the trend lately where it's like I hate all men but when he and then they like show like screenshots basically of texts that like he sends her and it's like terrible stuff like it's just like (laughs) it's really good to have a song like this and it's really good like I'm just very grateful to have grown up with it too. Yeah. This isn't something I'm discovering at 27, almost 28 years old. Oh, that's terrible. Right. To say. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, You're closer to 27 than you are to 28. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, but I grew up with this and having this mentality instilled in me by my mom as well. My mom is like that kind of person as well. And, but like this song, and just saying, like, okay, you're above this, your self-worth, like, no, we need to raise that bar, like, don't accept it, and, like, I had this actually happen to me, I'm pretty sure there's a quote from Taylor, like, where she talks at some point about, like, when you go inside, and you can just, like, you can just tell the air has changed around you, and, like, something's gone down, like, drama-wise, that actually happened to me, and it's so stupid, it was one of my middle school boyfriends, and you know so I'm like yeah exactly this is how you guys are laughing and I totally understand I was like 14 and it was like my first like real like relationship and I was head over heels and I thought this guy was like so cute he's my first kiss and everything and um, one I I mean I was like I was infatuated I think that's a great way to describe the way I felt about this guy and we had like this whole friend group of guys and girls and he like cheated on me with one of the girls in the friend group I remember walking into school that day and like you could just like feel it in the air you know like when something's gone down like drama and I walked away and I like I got him exiled from our group (laughs) but you know like you just I got him exiled from the group and you know like and basically hurt the other girl too and I just I didn't take it you know he did the same thing this whole like he went through the whole thing you know what I mean and like like almost like it's a script for guys it's again guys (laughs) no range it's just like I mentioned I never mind see this song too 
I related it to my middle school, my first middle school boyfriend as well. He didn't cheat on me, but he lied to the whole class and told everybody that he was single when he was dating me. So I was like a secret <laughs> relationship or whatever. What? And it was super, like, I was really, like, I was really awkward in eighth grade. Like, I, I'm still awkward, but I, like, had, like, classes and, you know, crooked teeth. And I just wasn't, I didn't know what style was. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was a mess. And... He like promised to be my or promised to be my boyfriend over instant messenger and we talked every single day and we were like the best of friends and he like gave me his jacket and like I thought like that meant like he was in love with me and I was like totally like obsessed with him and then he told this other girl that he like didn't have a girlfriend but he was looking and then I found out and wrote the hate letter and then but this was definitely a song that I was like you should have said no I am not single <laughs> I am dating Elizabeth because I went by Elizabeth back then still like well it but the like and you know and like we're laughing now because you know we're like oh we're like middle school like ah, ah, ah. but like at the end of the day on the other the flip side of it it's like that song did give us the confidence and the self-worth that we needed mm-hmm. to say like no and to walk away and to refuse to be treated that way and so that's just like a really good like a testament of you know the power that this song can hold i'm pretty us. sure i wrote that hate letter listening to should have said no Good for like, you. Like, really, you're nobody's dirty little secret. Thing you also talked about this with picture to burn. I, I think. did. Yes, picture to burn. It should have said no. Clearly, you knew, like, or I knew what I was doing. I was listening to like the bops from debut. Like I was like trying to feel it. Like I wasn't listening to no teardrops on my guitar or like Tim McGraw. No, I was listening to the, like yes, like the powerful like absolutely yeah. not. I refuse to be yeah. treated like this. Um, so the secret message in this song is Sam, 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 Sam. <laughs> I love how she just calls him out over and over. <laughs> this is the third song on this album where she name drops someone. <laughs> and well, not for the best reasons, for sure. I, if boys don't want songs written about them, I don't think they should do bad things. <laughs> yes. Like I just yeah. like I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm pretty sure, like I'm trying to remember that. the Fearless tour and like, so she does that like mock interview forever and always. But it also I think leads into like Picture to Burn, and then also should have well should have said no is like towards the end. But That's, like that was okay. I do know this because even though I didn't blends. go to the tour, I'm a crazy person. I know that should have said no was the finale, like her encore song. Yes. The last song she played. Does anybody have any final thoughts? I think we've kind of said everything. Yeah. Right. Really. I mean, it's really like, like what we said. I'm glad that we had this song to grow up on. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the re-recording. So still, I'm not going to, again, I'm reiterating, not holding too high of an expectation, but still, I still think it's going to be amazing. Either way, she I just bring back the country accent. Like, I know that everybody makes fun of her for like saying that she faked the country accent, which one, she did live in Nashville starting yeah. at the age of like 12 or 13. So it's completely possible that she could have picked up a little bit of an accent. And she never had like, when she spoke, she never had like a really, really Southern accent. Like it was it was, like, kind of light. And two, that's just what country singers do. Like, even, like, 
like Shania Twain's from Canada and she sings in a country accent like that's just how country music is like you sing in a fake country accent if you are not from a place that has an accent like that's just how it goes so I really hope she brings back the country accent because I think this song's not going to be the same without it and like Mary's song I was listening to that today too and I was like it's not going to be the same without the fake country accent (laughs) she doesn't have I don't think she had a fake country accent like I just accents are really easy to pick up on when you live environmentally Yeah, I mean, I had, I was, so I'm from South Carolina, but the woman who taught me how to talk, she was like my, our neighbor and she would babysit me and she taught me how to talk for the most part. And she's from New York. And so even though my parents are from Alabama and, you know, I was born and raised in South Carolina, my accent is not that strong, but it did, like, it used to be even stronger than it is now. But when I was like, like the first day of high school, I like said something in a really country accent and somebody made fun of me for it. And I was like, I'm done. Like, like, I'm not going to do that again. And I changed my accent. Like, well, like um, both my parents are Yankees and I was born and raised completely in the same house in South Carolina. So like, I never had a super thick accent, but then it got like way lighter when I moved to Idaho and went to school in Idaho because I had, I was surrounded by Western people and the Western accents, like, of just the West. I'm not talking about, like, California. There's a specific Western accent. No, not Midwest. It's different than Midwest. The area's dialect. It's just, like, how, you know. Yeah, you pick up on it. Yeah. Like, I have a subtle, like, like, Baltimore, like, you can hear it. And, like, some of the things, some of the different words I say, like, that Maryland, like, draw, I guess. Yeah, and I think that, like, especially listening to her talk I think maybe she played up the accent just a little bit she definitely did when she sang she played it up I don't think there's anything wrong with that I don't know like people think it's so funny and they think it's so weird but it's really not like that's just what like country singers do like I think they well actually I don't know that they do it a lot anymore but that's just what they used to do a lot but again she was really young when she moved to Nashville it's completely possible that she had and then also in some place she's from Pennsylvania and in some places in Pennsylvania they have country accents like it's just like it just depends on where you're from so i don't necessarily think that her accent was fake but it would be fake now if she brought it back yeah yeah i mean she needs to she was like going to high school in nashville you know what i mean like and she's like completely surrounded and like her whole life at that point was really surrounded by like the country music industry and she was in like the depths of it like I'm sure she was bound to pick up on it just it happens and sometimes you don't even like realize it but like Taylor said I do think she played it up in music but that's okay because it's part of like like the theatrics and the tone and the inflection and you know of music in general so all right thanks for listening to our podcast look out for our next episode where we continue our exploration of Taylor Swift's debut album with Mary's song oh my 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 Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to get updates on next episode. Handles for our social media accounts can be found in the description. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe to our podcast and review us. It makes it may it really means a lot. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>